All right. I love that piece of music. Thank you for choosing that one, Lady Rhea. It's really, really, really good. I like that. It sounds witchy and powerful. So anyway, I want to say welcome to everybody who's tuning in this Friday, October 9th. As promised, this month on Ancestral Lives, we're going to have a wonderful setup of wonderful witches, starting with our special guest, Lady Rhea. Welcome so much to Ancestral Eyes. <laughs> Blessed be. Blessed be. And to Jean Jerome, my co-host, once again, welcome. Aburuaboye, everybody tuning in. Welcome again to episode now uh, 25 of of ancestralized with uh, our very special guest, Lady Rhea. Absolutely. I promised we were going to have a very witchy uh, October. And uh, since it's the season of the witch, I thought we'd start with Lady Rhea. And it goes from here till the end of October, if not maybe you know, a bit of a fallout in November with uh, continuing with some witches. So... Without any further ado, I want to start my questions, if I may, Lady Rhea. So I will start with what I ask everybody, and that is concerning your journey. You have been in the community for a very long time, and you have definitely been an influence on a lot of people. You've written wonderful amount of books. And on topics, everything from the, oh, I got your latest book, the one on incense and oils. And oh my goodness, I love that. So without further ado, I wanted to ask you, how did your journey start? What was it that sparked your interest in the craft? And take it from there. I think it started with Disney. <laughs> oh. <laughs> As a small child. I went to see Fantasia. I was about five years old when it came out. And I was completely enamored with all of the um, centaurs and the uh, fairies and uh, all the magical creatures. And inside, innately, I recognized that magic wasn't just a screen, you know, a, a, a cartoon that yeah. magically existed. Um, we often, the whole troop of us little girls played um, pretend games with fairies. We, we mm -hmm. had tea parties with the gods. Please. Nice. Uh, 
and my father was a very big influence because he were Italian and he always talked about um, the gods of Italy because he wanted us to understand the mythology and the history. And uh -huh. uh, we would pretend nice. he this thing called, uh, it's in my enchanted formulary about, uh, there's an oil called ambrosia. Ambrosia was my father's influence with this. Is He loved ice cream and he loved it with fruit. So he would get a big bowl and he would fill it with uh -huh. ice cream and he would cut up fresh fruit, um, nectarines, peaches, plums, cherries, all on top. Mm. And uh, nice. me and my two sisters, we were three girls. He would tell us, this is the food of the gods. It's <laughs> And we would pretend to be goddesses. He had three Venuses, of course. We were all in love with Venus. And at the same time, um, a movie came out about a statue of Venus coming alive and uh, making oh. the world crazy. And uh -huh. uh, it was a very old movie. And there were a lot of fantasy movies done at that time. Mr. Peabody and the Mermaid was an earlier one. Uh -huh. I Married a Witch uh, with uh -huh. Veronica Lake. Um, then, of course, there was um, a Bell Book and Candle came out later on, which. Yes, uh, yes, I remember that one. And this was all before um, we were able to discover the craft. But um, uh -huh. we pretended to be um, magical creatures, gods, goddesses, mythical beings in our mm -hmm. play. And I really feel that Peter Pan, uh, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Fantasy, uh -huh. uh, Peter Pan. I want you to know I was about five years old at the same time it came out around the same time as Anphasia. I actually clapped my hands red to believe in fantasy in the theater. I, I'll never forget. And it wasn't like today where you could see these movies. Um, back then, you went to the theater once. You yeah. got to see it, and that was it. You had to retain everything yeah. in memory of what you witnessed. Absolutely. It wasn't like we could repeat it over and over again. And even on no. a Sunday, uh, the Disney Channel was a big thing on Sunday night at 7 o'clock. Uh-huh. They play these, these types of cartoon movies very often because they were really um, very special, very not oftenly played. Um, mm hmm so the animated films were played less. And mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. just, you know, it started from there. And then by the time I was about 12, I started um, reading playing cards on my own, just intuitively. There were no books out back then. Interesting. The I could find about witchcraft in the library mm -hmm. was about the Salem witch trials which oh, okay were, okay it was a very and, sad thing. same age about 12 and i was uh exploring mm -hmm. looking uh, uh being a witch and mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. uh around 71 or so um what witches do came out as well mm -hmm. as witchcraft and a bunch of other books and i got a, I got a book club for okay you oh, really? 
and they gave you six books of your choice for free, but you had to buy four more books in the year. It was a book club deal. And oh, uh, okay. I bought what witches do. And so uh -huh. by the time in 72, 73, it was ready to be initiated. I was already aware of what was going on, how it worked, how it operated. And, Who was that book by? That, uh, who, sorry? Stuart Farrar. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The Farrars, I, of course. I, yes. Yeah. And I, my first I, book was uh, Sybil Leake's uh, book. Okay. So that was what I grew up with. <laughs> yeah. She was about the same time she came out a little later. And a, yeah. lot, um, a lot of people were very angry about it because her book of shadows was very close to home and they, they didn't care for that. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, no, definitely. You know, and if Stuart Farrar wrote what witches do, it, 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 it is so true to life, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. weren't written to give away the secrets or make a lot of money. First of all, nobody makes money on books like this. Um, okay. No, it's more they do a, it for from their heart. Yeah, for the love of the craft. Doing it to make the craft more exposed, so that people like myself, here I am, a little housewife in the Bronx. Yeah, what witches do. Look at the exactly. We're curious, and, and you have that feeling within yourself. I think once you know who you really are you start to gravitate towards those things, those magical things. You you grow up that way. Like you say, the fantasy. I remember doing very much the same thing as a child. Mm -hmm. um, I I remember pretending I was a mermaid. <laughs> Little did I know that I would become the, the daughter of Yemoya, you know? <laughs> My mother would say, you're a prune. Get out. <laughs> it's cold already. And I, I, I understand completely. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely was. Now, so when you read that book, What Witches Do, and then you came to that part of your life where you were ready for initiation, um, I know, you know, there was a lot of memorizing in, um, you know, the steps, what to do, how to cast a circle, et cetera, et cetera. There was a lot of study. People don't realize that, you know. But as you start to mature within the craft, I think um, we all start to form our own practice. So, you know, at this point in time, I mean, you know, given that you have been in, in the craft for so many years, and I would love to hear how you started up your business and, and, and what your daily practice then became. But please, by all means, Fill us in on uh, how you started your own store, even. How did that come about? I love it. Well, you know, I worked for the Warlock Shop in Brooklyn Heights. It was the first witch store possibly in the United States, or one of the earliest. Um, as far as I know, it was the first or second one. I think Pants Pipes in California, opened up about the same year or a year or two before. Herman Slater, who opened up the Warlock shop, actually worked for Weiser's Books. Weiser's Bookstore mm -hmm. in Manhattan in Chelsea 
was a regular bookstore, but the son was very interested mm -hmm. in um, Middle Eastern and Eastern uh, magic and Hinduism and, and, and uh, occultism. So he started mm -hmm. kind of shop in the basement of Weiser's. And then later on, ah. Weiser became known as a very occult bookstore as the years progressed. But Herman worked for him and he got the idea to open up a witch store and his first store was actually on West 4th Street. And I met him there and then he disappeared because we were always hmm. in the village. And then I decided one day that I wanted a crystal ball. And so I remembered seeing the Warlock shop advertised in the Village Voice. And it was in Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn. When was, was like, that? Huh? When Brooklyn. was that? Was that in the 70s? I'm sorry? When was that? Was that in the 70s? 72. Or the 80s? 1970. All right. Then he moved. That's where I got initiated. Then he moved and opened up the Magical Child on 19th Street. And mm -hmm. I went back to work for him. Uh, this time as a full-time psychic and, and, and store floor manager. Mm -hmm. And Carol my partner at the time, my wife, um, and I both ended up working there. Mm -hmm. And but we always wanted our own store. And it was mm -hmm. very difficult. We were supposed to buy the magical child. And we were mm -hmm. putting this money. We were raising money to buy the child from him. And then he said to me, I changed my mind. And then later on, I learned that this was often <laughs> he was selling it all the time and then changing his mind. But we didn't change our minds. So oh, good for you. In 1982, we went and took a place and told him he was very upset at the beginning. And then Jim Wasserman, the uh, OTO, head of the OTO now, um, uh -huh. went to him and said, Herman, you got to stop being mad at the girls. You have a supermarket. They have a deli. So they got Herman to come down to Enchantments and sit in the backyard. We had a good time. and We made up. And from then on, it was like about two months later, um, the two stores actually helped one another. Um, mostly, we didn't carry what Herman had. We would tell them, go to the child. Or Herman would say, oh, you want that? Go see, you know, Rear and Carol. They were nice. 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 And, uh, the store was so very supportive. Undertaking. Yeah. So quite the community. Mm -hmm. Like when you think about uh, back in the 60s and the 70s, there, there was that movement, that, um, that witchy movement coming into play. And I remember, um, even in Toronto, there were uh, your your four your foregoing uh, stores. You know, the occult shop was starting to formulate in that. And uh, once everybody kind of you know realized that this was here to stay, and this was an actual spiritual path, it really kind of made its home. And uh, everybody kind of sat up and took notice, just like they did in New York, you know. And little did we know, here we are, right? We've become the elders <laughs> of the craft. So I'd like to know the story 
about your Chris, your your glitter candles. I love that story. I thought it was so wonderful. So take me through that story and how that started and and what a success it's become. Well, it was, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. So mm -hmm. I was the floor manager and Herman had ordered cases of candles that were straight poured in the glass seven day. Um, they were very popular in, in that time. People um, liked using them for circle, for altar candles, because, you know, yep. you put two candles on the altar. And instead of using um, tapers, which we still use, right. a lot of people like that because they can blow them out at the end of circle and it didn't spill wax all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, Exactly, and they were great for quarter, for quarter candles. Yeah, cleaning wax off floors is a big problem. Uh, uh -huh. so that, that is how that got started. So when the delivery came, he had gone to lunch, and he had said to me, I left you a blank check signed. When they bring in the delivery, you know what to do. Count the cases, fill in the amount, and give it to them. I never gave out checks. I only counted in mm -hmm. merchandise. So I would have no idea that the amount that they were telling me was way higher or I would have noticed the mistake. So mm -hmm. I counted 26 cases, filled in the amount, gave them the check, and Herman, and I'm in the back doing a reading. Now, readings were done on a very small round cocktail table like you see in the nightclubs and the bars. It was a very small table. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And most of us use the, um, actually the pocket size uh, right away because the table was so small. So right, I have right. cards and they're on the table. And beyond me is the oil office, which was actually a... Um, I would have to say like uh, a counter which mm -hmm. that, that held oils and you step behind the counter and behind the counter, which was open, was all the shelving with all the oils and we had index cards for all the files for the oils. I have a bird, by the way, you hear him now. And then. Um, so it wasn't very private, you know what I'm saying? So you're sitting there straight. Yeah while people ordering oils to try and, you know, give this client um, personal attention, privacy. And all of a sudden I hear, I'm gonna fucking kill Lady Rhea. And I said, why am I dying? What did I do? Why is he cursing? Oh, this is not good. Now you have a client in front of you, your stomach just dropped to your feet because your boss is gonna kill you. And Herman had a temper. So I said, that's it, I'll get fired. So I'm looking at him and I'm like, Herman, what's wrong? And he said, you signed for pullouts. What's a pullout? Yes, the pullout candles, right? He grabs the pullout candle and starts shaking it at me, saying to me, this, you're my sugar abroad. This is a pull-out candle. 
and I see the candle flying in and out of the glass. Yeah, yeah. Right then and there, it struck me because I had never seen these before. Uh huh. Struck me. I said, oh, "That's a large votive." I said, "Herman, give me that." It was a green one. I took uh -huh. it back. Now we had exactos in the oil office because we did a lot of our own uh, magazine publications. So we were always doing cut and paste. Right, magical child. Yeah. I remember that. I grabbed the exacto because I was very used to using it by now, and I started carving a pyramid like the dollar bill right yeah. into the. And then I did a dollar sign on the other side. And we had gold glitter, you know. Glitter went a lot of yep. different yep. things. You know, we <laughs> into fairy dust and all sorts of things. Yeah. So I took wax paper. I laid it down. I took the gold glitter. I put it all over the wax paper. I oiled the entire candle. And I rolled it like this in gold glitter. And the woman was not financially uh, in a bad way. She had three kids. She just left her husband. She didn't really even have money. And mostly we sold spell kits with readings and they were $25. She didn't mm -hmm. have $25, you know, and she really yeah. needed help. Yeah. So I go up front with the candle. I put it up on the counter and he's grumbling at me, you know. <laughs> and I said, Herman, how much? And he started what we called the happy dance. Herman had a happy dance in his chair that went sort of like, oh, oh, $3. And I said, sold. I sold everything. I carved all 26 cases. I started carving candles like a lunatic. He loved it. Clients loved it. The price was great. He made his money on the deal. He was happy. And then I started keeping index cards. Um, what uh -huh. I was calling. And then. Excellent. That was 1979. In 82, I left. Uh -huh. And we opened Enchantments. And then I was doing candles there. But by that time. I was already hand glittering the candles, not just rolling them, but hand uh -huh. glittering them. And let me explain to you, the hand glitter was with the chunky glitter. So really hand glittering those designs with chunky glitter was not as easy as when I discovered the fine glitter in the 80s. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Monique, could you bring me a candle to show? Yeah. I'm going to show nice. you with fine glitter. We're making them before we came. Okay. <laughs> He's like, here it comes. <laughs> here comes the glitter. This is an enchanted candle. This is a solar blast. See, the fine okay. glitter allows you to do more... Um, I hope you can more see defined, yes. more refined okay. and defined uh, candles. Right. So God, but with the fact that's amazing, it's beautiful, but it was never like it is now. And of course, over the years, your hand gets better at what you're doing. 
Mm-hmm. But um, then in 85, my daughter was born and everybody was telling me since 84, you got to write this into a book. You got to write this into a book. You got to. And in 86, we published the Enchanted Candle book and we did mm-hmm. something very different to time. Mm-hmm. We did indie publication which no people were not really doing except for of course in the occult world they were doing little pamphlet books right but this was right a workbook and uh it was a unique situation in the first book sold groundbreaking first. definitely yeah. groundbreaking for sure yeah. you know but i you- can only imagine fascinating you don't know and I want, I, I hope a lot of people hear this tonight, especially the younger ones. At the time you're living, you don't know that you're making history. You don't nope. know you're making groundbreaking things. You're just doing what you have to do to survive, to create the magic, to give the magic mm-hmm. to the people. I did mm-hmm. not know. No, absolutely. I was making history or would create. Um, Something that has influenced many people now make my candles. Um, Absolutely. You know, I didn't know at that time that that's what I was doing. I was just making magic. As a matter of fact, I didn't even recognize it as an art until the 90s. When some client said to me, you know, this is really... People had said to me, it's a beautiful art, but I never thought of it as art. And one day a client said to me, you know, Lady Rhea, this is really beautiful art. You are an artist. And I said, yeah. Absolutely. And they said, uh, yeah. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought about it that way. I always thought about being a magician. I never thought about it being um, spiritual candle art. But that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It is. It definitely is. And it's a beautiful piece of work, you know. Um, now, I know that you also, with... Um, your mentor, we had spoken about Ed Bachinsky, right? Bichinsky. And he was, yeah, Bachinsky, right? Polish. Sorry? Buzinski. Yes, yes. Bozinski, right. So he being your mentor, did he take you through um, all of your magical um, initiations? Um, how was he? You know, how was he instrumental to you and in your craft and your practice? My love. Was Uh, he? He was my love. Those of us, even to this day, his children that have continued on, that never met him, always say to me, I would have loved to have known him, to met him. And I can't tell them how magnificent he was. It was like when he walked, you felt like all these little magical creatures were just falling off of his body and trailing behind him. It was amazing, man. Wow. Amazing. Wow. And lost one of the best, very young. Um, but he, he, he was my initiator. My el- He elevated mm-hmm. me. He um, taught me magic. He taught me a mm-hmm. lot about magic, and we um, later on 
he, Carol, and I, and several others created the Minoan tradition, which is an all right. male or female covens that are separate. And then they come right. to greater Sabbaths. But he was absolutely one of the most... Herman was the business. Right, right, right. Magic. Herman was also yeah. very, very, very devoted to the Welsh tradition, to um, the craft, to the gods, mm -hmm. to the ways. Um, both of them were very devoted uh, high mm -hmm. priests. But Herman was a businessman at the same time, where right. Eddie was more right. just strictly... He was spiritual. Know, yeah, I just want to do magic, you know. Yeah. He didn't uh, sit at a register. And, he had no interest and, in it. Neither and this I. is... This is Ed Baczynski of the Gardnerian mm -hmm. lineage of the yes. craft. Yes. Right? The Welsh and English, I believe. Welsh. And in that... He was initiated. He was a full Welsh traditional um, high priest. Uh, mm -hmm. He was a full Gardnerian high priest. But... Mm -hmm. The Gardnerians had an issue with him being gay and being an operating high priest. Mm -hmm. So that's when he started the New York Wicca. It's actually a Gardnerian book. He changed one huh? or two about the altar, but the God and Goddess names for first degree, for third degree, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I've spoken to many um, Gardnerians, both in the Kentucky and the Long Island line over our lifetime and compared notes. I've compared notes with the Gardnerian books. It's the same book, but mm -hmm. he did it because they didn't want to accept him. So he said, okay, I'll do it. I'll my do it my way. way. And actually mm -hmm. I have to say, and, and one of the things that I love about the New York Wicca tradition that's even though it's Gardnerian, the differences in how he conducts the altar, um, really, I love, and I feel mm -hmm. um, it's very inspiring. More, more. Let me say, not inspiring is the wrong word. More conducive to what mm -hmm. you're doing. In the circle. So he was right. very brilliant. Um, mm -hmm. And I was talking to you the other day, like. I've included right. in Mercury to call down the goddess or the god into the into the priest or high priestess because that's the messenger of the gods. So you you should have a messenger. I believe so. I agree. We've spoken about that. Yeah, and, and letting the gods know um, they're calling you. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> knock, knock. Calling. <laughs> yeah. No, no, for sure. Now, this tradition, this tradition, the Minoan tradition that he had started, and it, it being a variance of the British uh, traditional witchcraft. Okay. Um, you yourself were instrumental in starting up the. New York Coven of Witches, and you led 
the New York Coven of Witches. And you started that up. Can you tell us a little about that, Lady Rhea? I inherited the New York Coven of Witches from Ed Bozinski. Right. Okay. He gave me third. And I was married to David, my high priest and husband at the time. He said, okay, Mm -hmm. you two are now going to run the New York Coven of Witches. And I'm going to retire to do other things, which he was an Aquarian. So it was very much of his nature. Like he loved consuming it all. And then, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm done. And I'm I'm done. I'm finished. He always had some other interests going. So in very creative for around that time, 75, he retired from it and gave it to David and I. David and I carried it on. And then um, we separated and I was, met Carol and we got together. We opened up enchantments later. And uh, we continued on the tradition. And then we also did the Minoan tradition. But we've done both um, traditions. I've done both traditions all my life. Currently, I'm still the mother of the New York Coven of Witches, but I do have a beautiful um, acting high priestess, Lori Bizarro, who also runs the Temple of Hecate in New York. Um, right. The founder of it. And uh, Alexander Cabot, um, Vinnie Apple, Gary Sudo. These are some of the high priests that we do work with. And mm-hmm. um, I do both, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, Excellent. I love them. No, New, right New now, York has always been sort of, good. New it's, York has always been um, very forefront in the craft and always well known well, for, the craft. for the craft. So, you know, I appreciate everything that you yourself, Ed Bocinski, et cetera, have done for the craft, you know, truly it, it's remarkable. Um, Let's get Herman Slater. Even though he was the businessman, he was still a very devoted to the Welsh tradition. Herman, <laughs> after Eddie left the store, yes. continued helping Covens. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have no. Witch Box, which I'm so sorry to have seen retire. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have a lot. We had stores. Stores with temples held pagan ways. Pagan ways were where other coven high priests and high priestess would come and visit, teach, meet other people and say, oh, you know, I think I could work with this person. Or we also had bulletin boards, both in Enchantments and the Child, where covens posted are you living in this area? We're running a Welsh coven. We're running a, a, a guard coven, a New York Wicca coven. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was a lot of uh, networking. And Herman was fabulous for this. He also was an instigator. I I loved him, but he was an instigator. Someone, in what way? Uh, Okay, so if people were getting too cozy and not really broadening out there, he would say to me, watch this, toots. And I said, Herman, what are you going to do? <laughs> I would get nervous, you know? And he would say to me, watch. 
and he would start a rumor with the slightest thread of truth to it. I would say, Herman, that coven's going to have a fight. It's okay, dear. They're getting too comfortable. Crafts got to grow. <laughs> and then he even had a sign. It said, if, if you heard a rumor, it probably started here. <laughs> he also had another sign that said, buy or buy. He did not like people using his books for a library. I oh. People would come in, actually dog ear a book. And come back right. to later. <laughs> You'd have a fit. Rather than buy the book, right? That's why yeah, you had that. I don't blame them. Buy or buy. Or they would come in and want to ask three hours worth of questions. You're trying to work. Just because I'm yeah. sitting here doesn't mean I don't have work to do. You know, I might be uh -huh. doing paperwork. We might be doing any number of things. Or might just be relaxing but people would come in and they would be like yeah 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 and he would be like buy or buy <laughs> I, I could never do it good for him good for him one of a kind and goddess bless him he was the creator of so many covens in new york besides wow. Eddie, he got covens together he was a networker he would call up and say, you know, hey, what are you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. You know, I have this great person came in the shop. I think you should meet her. She'd make a fabulous priestess. Come down. <laughs> Herman was a networker. A lot of covens <laughs> happened Herman. I love it. Yeah. I love really, it. He was a magnificent man. Lord Govanin and, and Eddie was Lord Gwydion. And I loved them both. But the best thing about being in circle with Herman, see, in New uh -huh. York, the New York Coven of Witches, our music was Carmina Burana and still is. If I hear Carmina Burana, like you notice that music is used in a lot of commercials, right? The minute yeah. I hear it, yeah. because I'm yeah. trained to it. I've used it yeah. for seven years. So, yeah. but back in the day, we had record players. And we had that's right albums, so Carmina Burana was on an album, and we'd be yeah, and it would play to the end. Herman was priceless. He would say, <laughs> "I got it." He would cut out of circle, uh huh, go and start the record from the beginning all over again. So Herman <laughs> was in charge of the music. He always start the record player all over again. The mood maker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I love it. But you know, that's how it was done back in the day. You know, like you said, there was no internet. There was no, um, uh, you know, Google or anything like that. You pretty well, if, if there was a shop, an occult shop set up or a witchy shop, that was the go-to place. That's where you went to find if there were any, you know, other covens, um, what was going on, how do you connect with other witches, you know. All the social events, everything was done through that. You know, if there was any teaching to be done or covens to be formed, everybody just went straight to the occult shops. 
Yeah, bulletin boards were very famous for bulletin boards. And absolutely like Herman that 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 made people connect, made people meet, encouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When I went to the warlock shop, he said to me, "Next Sunday we're having a pagan way. Come." So I look him. This mm-hmm. is my first visit there. I look at him like this, and I said, "Are there going to be Satanists there? Because if there are, I'm not coming." No, mm-hmm. you're going to meet other witches and high priestesses. And I said, like, what witches do? He said, exactly. I walked through that door that Sunday in, in Kay Flagg's apartment in Brooklyn Heights. And I never walked out. That Sunday that I went to Pagan Way has been the rest uh-huh. of my life. Wow. I've, yeah. And when it's yeah. your calling like this. And what's so sad is I've met women in their 50s. And they'll mm-hmm. say to me, no, I was interested in this all my life, but my father, my mother, my husband, my kids, I couldn't do this. And yeah. I feel bad that they were oppressed from being their true selves. Or I've no. had women say to me, my husband always says, I'm a witch. Whatever I say happens. And I'm like, no, you're a psychic. <laughs> <laughs> Being a witch is a whole nother story. Yeah, it's got its own set of rules and all its own kind of magic for sure. Um, <clears throat> I just wanted to um, to address Melvin. Hi, Melvin. He's one of our regulars who tunes in. Um, we're gonna. Yes, we're going to answer some of the questions of people who want to tune in and then give Jean Jerome a chance to speak because uh, I know he wants to ask some questions or to do a comparison here. But Melvin, I'm just going to read this out loud. Um, This might be a dumb question or perhaps you already answered, but what is a covenant and does one have to join a covenant to practice the craft? It's actually the word is a coven. C-O-V-E-N. Um, and uh, a covenant, well, I don't know. I mean, do you form a covenant? You could. But uh, basically, this is... They are a covenant of people, you know. But Absolutely. I it's a- what he's asking. And mm-hmm. um, it's a... Okay. A I'll coven, let you address this. A coven Lady is... The group of practitioners that are led by a high priest and a high priestess, a male and a female, or a female, usually. And it's done through um, what we call initiation in traditional British witchcraft, is initiation. Initiation is kind of similar to... um, a frat Covenant. or a sorority, or but it's not a, mm-hmm. a, a joke. I'm sorry. No. It's a joke. It's very serious. Mm-hmm. It's a transference of um, awakening the mm-hmm. God and goddess within you because we believe in a male mm-hmm. divinity and it's that transference of magic from one person to another that awakens it's an awakening mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's, it's that energy, that quickening within ourselves. Right. It's a training so that when we gather together as a coven mm -hmm. for worship or to perform magic. So if you go to a church and the priest is doing a healing mass, a coven mm -hmm. can gather together to do a healing ritual. Uh, Absolutely. Gather together just, we do mostly just for general worship. And any acts of mm -hmm. magic might be personal within the coven group. So let's mm -hmm. say Mary is in the coven and she's going for a new job and the coven mm -hmm. gathering together for circle every twice, at least twice a month, new moon and full moon will perform magic. All right. Which is a, a training mm -hmm. it's book of shadows, how we perform it. Mm -hmm. And we will do it for Mary so that she has better odds, boosting up her ability Absolutely. to get the job she wants. So it works like mm -hmm. that. We do mm -hmm. a lot of healing work. Um, we're not for hire uh, in that sense. Um, it's not like there, there are spiritual groups that are work and do magic and cleansings and things like that. Covens don't particularly do that type of work. This is more personal inner work. Uh, and if someone, let's say someone says to me, uh, Lady Rhea, you know, my child is desperately sick and I need mm -hmm. help. I can personally do um, prayers and I do mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. person. Um, I do invocations for people, but coven doesn't charge. All right. So if I no. ask coven, can we, when we gather together, can we include a healing for this child, which we do? Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely. We We've done that. He's doing very well. He had a bone marrow transplant. He's 18 months old. And, uh, wow. It looked touch and go mm -hmm. there for a while, and we were all like, ah, <laughs> scrambling on virtual. Uh, yeah. Which we have to do now. And mm -hmm. he's recovering. He's beautiful. He's laughing. Nice. He's home. Nice. Um, nice. So, th but that's what Coven is, is, is the family group. And that's right. There can be many covens, all of us all honoring the same God and goddess names, because those are secret. We right. do not publish right. them. We do not share them. We do not speak of them. The only no. two initiated. That's it. Absolutely. And that's within the coven members. So right. basically the coven becomes a family. And <laughs> so... Anything that affects the family, like you said, if there's a healing or someone's looking for a job, then, of course, we're all going to pool together within the coven and utilize our energies together to to make things happen. That is practicing our craft and practicing a craft also could be something else as well. Because it really depends on why the coven is coming together. There's always set intention. We know that prior going into a coven. So um, I hope that's answered your question, Malvin. Um, now I I'm going to turn around. Thing about it too, 
We do have yes. what we call a book of shadows. And yes. that, that this is where the rituals are written out. We have laws. We do have That's laws. Right. We must adhere to. Okay. And in our book of shadows, the New York Coven of Witches, New York Wicca, and most all Gardnerian books, Welsh books of shadows, different traditions, mm -hmm. all have certain laws about not charging. Um, I don't charge, we never have charged anyone to learn the craft in order to be initiated. I can charge Absolutely. someone to take a class on the craft, but that doesn't mean that they're coming into my coven. If you're coming into my Absolutely. coven, you are trained free. You're never charged. That's right. I want to Absolutely. That. Thank you. We do have That's right. Abide by, including one of them says we must abide by the laws of the land. So mm -hmm. we're very strict with that. About mm -hmm. absolutely you know, being no being mindful and you harm none. Very important. First law. Mm -hmm. That's right. Harm none. Do what you will, but harm none. Absolutely. No. So and um, we're not to, you know, to guns for hire. <laughs> no, no, we're that's not. But our individual practices, that's completely different. But within a coven, when you're coming into the coven, like you said, we we cannot charge for what we do. We do not charge when we initiate because you're what you're basically doing is you're accepting someone into the coven mind, but you're also accepting someone into that family, that witch family. And there is no cost associated with that. Not ever. There can't be. Right. So I'm going to move to the question that Claire has posed to us here. How big can a coven group be? And does this vary among the various groups? Well, I know traditionally it's supposed to be a coven of 13, mm -hmm. but many times it doesn't come up to that amount uh, or to that number, right? There isn't one specific, although we like the number 13. But again, when you're thinking about the balance of male and female, within a coven, right? She's usually like a standalone. So you have six males and six females. Mm -hmm. uh, one of those males would have to be her high priest. So That's right. Starts, you know, but in my way of thinking and the way I've done it all these years, if I initiate you, you can't rewrite history. You're mind for life. That's right. You vow, you keep your oath, and you're okay. I've never had anyone break their vow or break their oath. So mm -hmm. I can have I have hundreds. Mm -hmm. And downlines. I mean, every time so let's say, for example, I took in Jerome. And uh, mm -hmm. let's say for example, I take in Jerome. Oh, Battery is dying, so we're gonna have to fix okay. this. If I take in Jerome and he leaves and he makes a coven, then he mm -hmm. makes me what we call a witch queen. That's right. So there are many covens underneath covens, underneath covens. I've met people that That's say, right. I'm five times removed from you, six times removed from you. 
That means there's mm-hmm. been six generations of covens that have been created. So, mm-hmm. but the actual working group is usually, like you said, no more than 13. Um, but when we have large gatherings, people who were initiated over the years, it tends to be, it tends to be where we have, I have to say, God bless my daughter here, my witch daughter, Monique. <laughs> she's not my physical daughter, but she's coming yeah. in with a charger to save us. Oh. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Okay. Perfect. Thank you, Thank you Monique. <laughs> and awesome. There is um back this way behind this. So um we'll just so we'll just have a gathering of 40 or 50 of us yeah. that have been involved with me for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. So Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, to remember is that um, with initiation, sorry, the it's female to male. So you would teach a male and initiate a male and vice versa. A, a male would teach a female and initiate right. a female. Exactly. But, but um, I'm sliding here. But. We found in the New York Wicca, we also have a different law that allows mm-hmm. uh, same-sex initiation, even mm-hmm. if it's male and female group. So mm-hmm. I can bring in another female. Um, I can bring in another male. But usually the males don't bring in men. They leave that to the high priestess. But... Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a gray area mm-hmm. in, in our history, as you well know. There have been right. plenty of high priestesses that had to um, initiate a male, then give him second mm-hmm. and third so that he could be present during the initiation to make it a valid gardenarian initiation. So there are things mm-hmm. that switch back and forth like that. The Gardenarians and the Alexandrians, they they have more of a traditional, there's more rules that they adhere to. Yes, um, so it, it yeah, it becomes a little more strict and restrictive, I would say, in in how they do things, but that's just how they do things. Well, so Jean go ahead, Lady Ria. You know, I call myself a Wiccaboo. I don't know if you were able to see the altar behind me. I have a Buddhist altar. Um, yes, wanted- let's talk about the Wiccaboo. <laughs> Love that phrase. Well, I, I created it because that's what I am. Um, I discovered uh-huh. Buddhism in the 70s and then later on in the 82 uh, was my first deep introduction to um, Buddhism. And one of the reasons um, I'm bringing it up is because uh-huh. in Buddhism, there was a female Buddha who was behind me, Tara. That's right. Tara, when she was um, 
about to be born a Buddha because she lived in another world system, they told her that due to her wholesome merits, she would be born as a man. And she said, there's no wisdom in this because <laughs> these appellations we make male and female are really hollow. There is no male and female. There's only spirit. And nice. we recognize in the craft that we uh -huh. have female within us. So that's right. This is one of the reasons I'm trying to center myself here. This is one of the reasons that I'm sliding again. I'm sorry, folks. Um, <laughs> That's my all right. Planted here, so my chair keeps rolling off. <laughs> but this is one of the um, this is one of the reasons that uh, I like Buddhism because it's all very based on um, principles Spirit. of gender are not as important as the practitioner is. And Absolutely. New York Wicca, we recognize the male and female within. Not that I'm Absolutely. pulling down on myself or any other female. No. We don't, we don't do that. No. We have to recognize. And I don't roll anymore. <laughs> God is blessed, Monique. So, yeah, so we recognize, but, um, and one of the reasons I love Buddhism is it's very mm -hmm. fair, you know, if um, it's very powerful magic, and if someone calls me up, like we were talking about healing before, right. to do healing right. for someone in the witch tradition, I have to make a circle. Yes. To do healing for someone in, in using the Buddhist practice, all I need to do is mm -hmm. mantra and focus, which I do often. Mm -hmm. Mantra every day. And um, mm -hmm. I found them very linked, very similar in their um, mm -hmm. ways of thinking about magic. Mm -hmm. because Buddhism actually has a very magical um, practice to it. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's it's a magical order, especially the one I'm doing now. As I, I as I've progressed, I um, mm -hmm. last few years have taken up the uh, bun, bun uh, Right, right. It's a shamanic order of Buddhism. Mm -hmm. It's very powerful, and uh, I've also so always been um, practicing with Ninapa, which is uh, the traditions of Tara, the female Buddha, which I mm -hmm. gave my daughter to her. And also I love it that Tara is where the kings of Ireland and the pagans were. Exactly. I love that correlation too. I think that's pretty amazing. So now that just brings me to asking you, what is your daily practice? I mean, after... I know myself after, you know, going through initiation and the teaching up until that point and the memorization of, of so-and-so, it really comes down to you as an individual witch and what it is that you yourself practice and you start to focus more internally rather than externally including your brothers and sisters in the craft. So 
Could we talk a little bit about what is your own individual practice? My own if, individual If it's not going to give any secrets away. Wake up every morning and hit the mm -hmm. floor running and talk to the gods. I talk to the goddess and the god every mm -hmm. morning. Um, I found that some of the, the greatest magic is the mercurial, the communication. The gods listen. Mm -hmm. We speak and not whine, speak. Whining, mm -hmm. they go like this. Mm -hmm. They don't want to hear it. Speaking to them saying, listen up, you know, <laughs> I need to pay yeah. the rent month. Let's get jiggy with it. Talk yeah. to them. <laughs> Just really talk yep. to them. And yeah, and I talk to them um often throughout the day. Um mm -hmm. one of the reasons I speak to them throughout the day is because I want to also offer always gratitude. Like when I, 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 my garden, my garden's name is open, which is the Roman Rhea. And the Roman Rhea opus is opulence. So I named my garden opulence and it flourishes under the name opulence. I love uh, it. You know, you know. So yeah, it's it's it, it's the it's the it's the uttered word. Chant the spell. Yes, it is. Is is it, a phrase have correct? So the spoken word or singing or talking to deity and talking to spirit, it's going to hear you. It knows you're recognizing them, honoring them, and always, 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 always gratitude. Thank you, thank you for everything I have. And I absolutely I don't have, I don't have stress today. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So Jean Jerome, I'm I'm going to to catch your attention there. <laughs> I know you're Mr. Technical there and lining up people's questions and everything. I'm but, taking um, which I you're making you notes, okay? I am taking I notes for questions. Okay, so I'm ready. So John Jerome, I'm going to let you ask a few questions. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, a question. I think I'm echoing a question from one of the viewers um, because I think we have a lot of people watching us that come from different traditions, very broad traditions. Some are, as you mentioned, are you know, mediums, some are um, in Orisha for worship, in Ifa. <laughs> And, and and so, you know, we have a lot of people also in Vodun practice, uh, both in, from Benin and Vodun Fa and also from uh, Haitian Vodun. And also we have people uh, who are in and Hoodoo, uh, Voodoo from New Orleans and so forth that are watching us. So my first question was one that was actually uh, mentioned, but what, and you actually made a comment on it. M many, many people associate and there are two related questions. Many women, especially, associate the fact of being psychic to being a witch. Mm -hmm. And my question, and you made a very, very clear-cut distinction. You said, just because you're psychic 
doesn't mean you're a witch. That's right. And 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 I think mm -hmm. coming from someone of your, you know, uh, you know, history, reputation, hard work, and and giving to the community, I think it's very important that if you could, for the people tuning in, if you could describe the difference and you know as a woman and also as you know a witch and also with your own psychic gifts what is really in your estimation your the difference between being a psychic and being a witch where where do, where do the differences really draw well i think we're all born psychic i mm -hmm. think that we lost over time uh, if all right look at the aboriginal people someone's lost they know and they know where to find them that's mm -hmm. okay that's being in tune with the universe i think um cell phones telephones uh all of this other apparatus that we've learned to use and rely on has also helped make us less psychically in tuned. But there are a lot I of agree. and everyone, like I said, is um, psychic. It's a matter of wishing to develop it. Some of us have it more in our DNA or more born with it or take okay. it from other lifetimes. Mm -hmm. I believe in reincarnation. Um, the difference of a witch, mm -hmm. though, is someone who knows how to work with spirit and with deity to make things happen. Now, that mm -hmm. also falls under just maybe a spiritual person or a magical practitioner. There are some people that just say things and, you know, they happen and they, they feel like they're witches. But a witch is actually a conscious... life it's consciously we choose to be which it's a decision yes and it's not just initiation even though initiation is beautiful and i've been blessed to have it let's say i was born in oshkosh nowhere and there were no uh mm -hmm. warlock shops or magical childs or enchantments or internet and i still knew that this was in me, then it will come out. Then, then mm -hmm. you will develop it. You know who even wrote about it? And I, I got to give her credit. J.K. Rowling. They talk about, oh, we have a witch oh. in the family. Because she's different. She's different. Mm -hmm. Different set of communication with nature. And, you know, when in mm -hmm. the craft, we don't call our, our, our male witches warlocks or wizards they're witches so it's also an amazing yeah. thing and the native americans um even though there was maybe a head shaman doesn't mean he didn't have other people that worked underneath him people who went out and mm -hmm. got they knew what herbs to go get people who knew how to prepare the meal or the food and things that they it was a communal life just not That's the right. shaman the witch the one able to connect to spirit, to be able to speak to spirit and have a spirit speak to the people. And that's also, you have to be psychic too mm -hmm. to be a witch. It's not just, um, your powers have to come mm -hmm. with 
you're um, being able Absolutely. to be psychic. You have to communicate yeah. with spirit. spirit. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but also, many people don't like the word witch because it still carries, after all these mm -hmm. centuries, a poor connotation. And we have fought mm -hmm. to give it back a good name. That's why I do Witch Pride Parade every year. Yes. Because yes, you do. Pride. I'm not ashamed of who I am. Not ashamed no. at all. You know, no. and... Nor should it, we. And, then, and you know, it was hard doing this in the 70s. Very hard. Just because we were hippies absolutely. and things open and all, you know, love and light and peace and not and flowers didn't mean you could go around telling people you were a witch. When I first started telling some of my close friends um, I became a witch and joined the coven, they dropped me. Mm -hmm. I absolutely. I became a lesbian. I lost more friends. People became scared, you know, <laughs> the minute you mentioned that. It says, sorry, I missed church. I was busy practicing. Uh, I was busy uh, being a lesbian and becoming and practicing witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> I know that one. I think I have that T-shirt. <laughs> right. So Someone I bought it for me. Someone knows about our lifestyle. This is fabulous. But um, being a witch is, but I've met witches that are not initiated, work the craft, worship the goddess, worship the god, and they've never been initiated. And some of them are more witch than other people I've met with 10 degrees. Absolutely. And I love Santeria. I love Vudan. I love mm -hmm. Buddhism. And when you read any of my books, you'll see that I have a conglomerate of many magical orders. Yes, you do. Um, all working together because I call myself a Wiccaboo because I do practice Buddhism every day. But you know, when I first learned about Buddhism, I thought, oh yeah, that's the people that do peace and love. You know, did anyone ever see the taking of Pelham one, two, three? It was a movie about a runaway train. There's this one girl, it's in the 70s. She's sitting on the train like this with the fingers up going, Om, stop. Om, stop. She was trying to use Om to stop the train. So my <laughs> original idea about Buddhism was they're just peace loving, which I love because I'm very, I love peace uh, and prosperity uh -huh. all but um then i started discovering what a real magical order buddhist practice is and then when i started really getting involved in the bumpo and i'm i'm I, i'm not even an infant in the working of bumpo um mm -hmm. it, 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 believe me they have it's very thing, profound a profound they have a 49-day dark retreat. This is where you go into a room that is completely black. There is never any light penetrating. A curtain is put up over the door so no light can penetrate. Food and water is slid under the door and very little of it. And for 49 days, you sit in this very dark uh, black room mm -hmm. in deep meditation. 
And there's a huge amount of time and preparation before you even take the 49-day retreat. And mm -hmm. in the darkness, they begin to see actual physical apparitions. So, I like I said, mm -hmm. I, I'm not even in this. I do, I have been blessed by... Um, being taught by Rinpoche's and Geshe's on, uh, because of who I am, they've taught me magical practices, mantra, um, deities, uh, the difference between a Buddha and a Yidam. The Yidam is a deity. A Buddha it was once a living person. And Excuse so, me one sec. My, my dog is giving me problems here. Oh, how cute. The baby. No, not really. <laughs> Lay down. Oh, Lay down. he's our fur baby. Oh, because the other dog sat on her toy. Okay, I see what the problem was. Sorry. Oh, Sorry oh. about that. Oh, baby thing. <laughs> Stashu sat on Zola's toy and she was she kept trying to go around and she kept moving my my table and moving me because she wanted at the toy sorry about that <laughs> technical oh. difficulties <laughs> oh. okay I, john I, jerome it's sorry fine i hope you find it oh. <laughs> in your room oh i should have done that with these two <laughs> Well, Usually I'm they're smoking, quiet. They Usually they're good. No. Oh, we have a bit of technical difficulties. They're the excited connection is, uh, because oh, we have. Uh, okay. Oh. Oh, and we yeah. lost her. A little technical difficulty. Yeah just like me with my dogs here. But anyway, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> um, yes, so anyway, Jean-Jerome, you were saying we have a, a bunch of uh, questions lined up for Lady Rhea. Um, yeah, and do, you do. yourself making the, sorry, go ahead. I do it, yeah, I've got, oh, she's coming back, one sec. Give her a sec. Okay. Device is not connected, one sec. She's trying to make her way back, there she is. Coming back slowly. Plug in. There we go. All right. Welcome back, Lady Rhea. Hi. Hi. Battery issue. We're making sure. Connect. Yeah. Hold on. We'll give her a moment. That yeah, yeah. That's a correct connection. It's correct itself. <laughs> Okay. Give her a moment. She's, yeah, she's just having, I think maybe a battery issue, a reception issue on her end. Yeah, could be could be a reception issue or battery yeah. here. All right. So. Yeah, um, I've got a few quite, quite a few questions, but we'll, we'll wait to give her a chance to come by. It's been very mm -hmm. revealing. I think a lot of people are tuning in. And I'm sure mm -hmm. there's a lot of pent up questions as well. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. 
Absolutely. Especially when we have um, we have the witchy season and we get to speak to a lot of witches and uh, get some questions answered, you know, because it's not every day that we get. Hold on. Yeah, Mel, Mel said, if, if, not, if I'm not mistaken, being called a warlock isn't a good thing. They're deceivers and oath breakers. Absolutely. That's right, Melvin. Traditionally, British tradition, uh, traditional uh, witches, we do not refer to our male witches as warlocks. It's, it's become kind of, I would say, acceptable in American um, circles. But in traditional, no. And you're right. They are. They're considered oath breakers. When you're warlocked, whether you're male or female, that means you are basically you're bound and, and excommunicated from your circle, from your coven. And that's a big deal. It really is. Um, so and that's referred like that. to as warlock. An outcast. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So when I, you know, for me, it's it's always hard to stomach when someone calls themselves a uh, warlock, um, because you know, being, you know, having gotten, I would say, raised in a British traditional uh, tradition, utilizing words like warlock really it doesn't sit well with me. So I just don't feel comfortable with it, you know. But you know. That's me. That's how I look at it. Uh, anyway, what we according to Dick Old English, Werloga, meaning a traitor, a scoundrel, a monster. A devil. Absolutely. So yeah, good uh, good comment there, uh, Melvin. Yeah. You know. So and it's interesting because as we're waiting for her to come back, uh, she she reiterated again that witchcraft and something you often speak about, Teresa. Uh, within the coven and within the traditional uh, witchcraft, uh, British craft, um, there's a lot of emphasis placed on on the word, on what you say, on the power of, of, of the word. Uh, very much like in, mm -hmm. in Ifa and Orisha, they have they, what they call ofo ashe, the ability to to speak and to make manifest uh you know, something absolutely together with not just doing the board, putting pulling together the ingredients or having the incantation, but having the the ashe, the power and the clear purpose when you speak, mm -hmm. and being able mm -hmm. and having it heard and picked up by the divinities or the or the entity that you're you're working with. Absolutely, because your word is what you manifest when you chant. Um, a lot of, um, I wouldn't say, I can't speak for a lot of witches, but you'll see if you ever pick up a book on witchcraft or anything, there's a lot of words in rhyme. And um, it's not that every witch mm -hmm. does that. It's just something easier for them to repeat. So it becomes almost like a mantra for the manifestation to actually take place. Well, it's, so, the same thing. You know. it's the same thing. It's the same thing in in Ifa, right? Usually, whether it be the Ofuashe, the incantation, or in the case of an Odu Ifa and the Yoruba, the Esifa, they use rhyme or mnemonic messages and structure mm -hmm. in order to remember, in order to be able to recall those 
those mm -hmm. words and that story or that narrative mm -hmm. at the time of, of working or doing their Ebbo or magic, right? So, mm -hmm. but it's so all, it also it also becomes back. a mantra and and a you're back. I'm back. <laughs> we were, I'm sorry. We were just no we and charge it because the phone just died, and we tried tonight with the iPad, but we couldn't. We did, we did, oh, please. <laughs> Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. Not, not a problem. I, I not hear you. So I totally hear you, lady. So, no, we were just having a, a quick interlude in terms of conversation regarding the power of the word and how terminology or words yeah. are used. In, in Yoruba, we say, the power of the word or incantation is very important when you're doing Ebbo, right? Being able to recant, recite. Uh, you know the words in a way that to to give command of of something taking effect, right? And we were also uh, Teresa was commenting about sometimes the use of rhyme interchangeably or not, but in in Yoruba, SA five has a series of rhymes and repetition. The reason is by because it's an oral tradition. By repeating it many times, it becomes you know more likely uh, uh, you know kept in accessible memory. To be able to use when you're reciting or doing divination or doing work, right? So, yes. Well, mantra, uh -huh. like Tara, mm -hmm. uh, is repeated 108 times, which equals a nine, which is a completion of a cycle. And mm -hmm. in Buddhism, Mantra is said very fast. Om tari tu tari tu swaha, om tari tu tari tu swaha, om tari tu tari tu swaha. And I once said to one of the Rinpoche's, I can't do it like you, <laughs> you know, that, that resonation they have. Yeah, yeah. And he told me a beautiful story. And I'm going to tell you mm -hmm. this because it has to do with what you're saying. There was once a, um, a practicing uh, Buddhist monk, priest, who, while alive, mm -hmm. became a supremely enlightened living Buddha. And all the other priests said to the master, who wasn't even a supremely enlightened, recognized Buddha, how did this happen? Because his dialect sounds like he's saying, God eats dog shit. <laughs> and the master smiled and said, intention. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Well, I'm not <laughs> intention. Right. Very good. Absolutely. Intention is everything. Yeah. So let, let, me, let me ask you a question, uh, uh, in keeping with this discussion about, you know, you mentioned that the ability to have psychic gift is very you know, a very critical part of being able to be a, a, a witch. In the in the absence of, you know, me, uh, mediumship, the ability to actually see, what other divination tools do, uh, are used typically in covens or by witches in terms of divination? What are the sort of go-to tools usually? I think tarot uh -huh. is the most common. Mm -hmm. And it's um, and I'll tell you why, because 
the tarot were actually sets of pictures that were used to awaken the intuitive intuitive powers. And mm -hmm. the more we use them, the more they speak to us. Like I found, mm -hmm. I'm all right. Let's take pick any card. Give me a card. Pick a card. Any card. The, hier the hierophant. Okay, hierophant. Mm -hmm. So the Hierophant has its strict rules of meaning. When mm -hmm. we look up any book, it's going to give us the mm -hmm. same generalization of what the Hierophant represents. Right? Right, right, right. Archetype. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, but when you're reading the tarot mm -hmm. and the Hierophant comes up, it may begin to represent different things to you. Mm -hmm. So that it's going to show, it's so intricate. It will show up in the reading to give you the message to give to the client or the querent. Mm -hmm. Whereas I might do the same reading, give them the same information and never get that card. Right. And I'm yeah. saying, yeah. so the yeah. tend to after a while have their own specific insight to us. That's right. To lead to the querent. Because there is nothing by chance. Even Sting has the song. He says, he deals the cards as a form of meditation to see the object of chance of what it might say. Everything, the universe, there is no accidents. Everything has a purpose. No. Meaningful place. We have meaningful, choice, but meaningful coincidences. Right. But even though we have choice, we're still going to end up with the same information no matter what road we took. Right. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So, yes. Yep. It's an individual it. path. Absolutely. And you need to learn what you need to learn in your lifetime. When you're doing consultation for people before I even begin I always ask the cards please let me be clear and direct let make sure mm -hmm. I don't I don't wish to you know it's people don't realize it but for the psychic sitting there you're responsible for giving someone advice it's nerve-wracking mm -hmm. I may be mm -hmm. calm on the outside but inside I'm saying I hope I'm right oh god please be right you know don't <laughs> Lead, I better word this correctly, right? <laughs> yes, especially when people are coming to you with personal, very personal yeah. questions about their life and, and and other people. And I've seen some pretty bad things go on. Mm -hmm. um, uh, listen, this is New York. It, it's a huge city. There are thousands, mm -hmm. thousands of psychics here who read for a living. Mm -hmm. May not know them all. We may not know all each other, but they're here. Mm -hmm. They're in apartments. Mm -hmm. They're in basements. They're in stores. They're online. They read from phones. Thousands. And some of them are great. Some of them are misleading. Mm -hmm. So I always pray, you know, that I'm not misleading or wrong or, uh, and I'm very careful, you know, mm -hmm. someone comes in and says, 
oh, uh, I think my boyfriend is cheating on me. Mm -hmm. You have to be sure before you say, yeah. Yes. Be sure. You, you're about to ruin somebody's it's life. It's a responsibility. Big Absolutely. responsibility. Absolutely. Big. And, mm -hmm. I, and if you're not responsible about it, then boo-hoo you. Because mm -hmm. you can create, everything is cause and effect. Mm -hmm. So that's you right. Cause that creates a very bad domino effect from that. You have to Absolutely. be sure about what you're speaking about. And if you're not sure, say, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with saying, I'm not sure. I'd rather say, Absolutely. Sure than screw somebody. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. There's, there's a responsibility here of a person's life and they're coming mm -hmm. to you. You you should be really very sure and very responsible in your answers and your actions, how you advise someone, what you advise them to do. Mm -hmm. No, I totally agree. Right. We get so, paid for our time, but this should not be a money-making uh, atmosphere. Even though I get paid for my candles, I get paid, mm -hmm. but it's a physical thing. I'm making right. a physical piece of magic, a talisman, mm -hmm. a living talisman. I'm either going to light it for you or you're going to take it home and light it, but you're going to take a physical talisman. That's right. Now, Melvin wants to uh, say here, I very much agree with Lady Rhea. I've been practicing the tarot and while knowing the base meaning helps, I think your own intuition takes over and the cards take on different meanings depending on the reading being conducted. Absolutely, Lady Rhea. Oh. Thank you, Melvin. <laughs> yep. We're kindred spirits. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you a question, Lady Rhea. Um, and I'm sure many, many people tuning in will be interested in that. You're having live most of your life and having most of your spiritual activity and work in New York. And especially in the time period that you've been in, in New York doing the work and practicing the craft. And you've mentioned, if you've alluded a few times of having a great interest, great friends and great feeling towards Eurisha and the Ifa community. What, 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 what has that been like really like for those tuning in, in terms of the relationship between Orisha, Ifa, and and New York as practitioners, as you say, there are thousands of diviners. Let's not even say psychic diviners, psychic, whatever you want to call them. But what what has been the? You've exactly. mentioned a lot of yeah. mediums. I have to say yeah. it. Yeah, Some of the best mediums in New York are, are in that field. Um, right. mm -hmm. It's naturally innate, you know. And they, they get drawn to it. And a lot of um, the Spiritisma practitioners uh -huh. read with dolls, with water, with fire, with uh -huh. nothing. Just sit there and just start talking. And you're like, wow, how do they know this? I My first ex magical experiences, I grew up in the Bronx. And in... 1962 is when Santeria first started really appearing in New York. I discovered it in 67, say. Right. Uh, 
there was a, a store called the Bronx Village Shop. Okay. And she was uh, selling the popular earrings of the era. Right, uh, right. Because in prior to the uh, long earrings, we mostly wore little studs. Very, or if hoops, you know, you were like trashy at that time. Right, 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 right. Um, so here she had the peacock feather earrings and the long right. filigree earrings. And she was Puerto Rican. Her nickname was Chinky because she looked Chinese. She had long black hair streaked with silver. And I used to look at her and say, someday my mm -hmm. hair looked like yours. I was 15. Um, it, it went beyond her, obviously. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was enamored with her. And one day she said to me, come to the back. So I went to the back. And in the back of her shop, she had a storage loft with a ladder. Mm -hmm. She said to me, go up the ladder. I went up the ladder and in this small storage loft was a Persian carpet. And on there were saints and gods I had never seen before. A huge goblet with water and camphor and a cigar sitting over it. Uh, Orphans of bananas, oranges, breads, candies, different things. Um, black virgins that I had never seen before. I'd never seen a black Madonna before, which was the regular. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Virgin Marys I'd never seen before because I grew up very Roman Catholic and Italian. And uh, I was enamored. I, the minute I seen it, I said, this is home. This is familiar to me, yet mm -hmm. I had never seen anything like it in my life. And that started my progression into learning about saint worship and magic. And then later on in my 21 or so, I 20, I found the craft. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have been in love with Orisha from like age 15. And um, mm -hmm. I do teach the difference to people um, because Mijin Gonzalez Whipler wrote that fascinating first book on Santeria, which broke all records. Um, mm -hmm. And having been involved with Santerra uh, and Santeria practices and practitioners and tambours and all that. Um, I've learned a lot. I was never crowned. Uh, I was mm -hmm. given beads, but never crowned. And it, one of the reasons is every time I tried to get crowned, the Babalao would drop the letter and would say, no. And I would say, but why? And they all gave me the same answer. There's like five or six times I tried. And they all gave me the same answer. They said, the Orishas love you. You've done this before and not in this life. You're Wicca, you're a witch, and this is who you, you're supposed to be. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I understand all the practices, but I want people to understand there's a big difference between right. being an initiated and crowned and being mm -hmm. a 
Their wishes love worship. They'll take mm-hmm. worship from everyone. The gods love worship. They're, they're gods. Of course they love worship. Mm-hmm. We make shrines. Mm-hmm. People who are not initiated, we create what we call an altar is actually really a shrine, mm-hmm. a shrine, a devotion to a deity that we love and we want to communicate with and we want to imagine. And they will respond. But it's not the same. Far, far, far from being crowned, going through the process of initiation in Santo is tremendously different than process of being initiated into the craft. Let's face it. If right. you've been initiated into Ifa, you know, and you've been initiated in the craft, yep. you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. There is a tremendous just the preparation, the, the food. And, you know, when they talk about sacrifice, well, you know, unless you're a vegetarian and really a vegan, don't talk to me about sacrifice because it's easy for me to go in the supermarket and buy that steak, buy that oxtail, buy that goat. Actually, that's right. That's right. Okay. Then. That's right sacredly okay offered to a deity then the Mm -hmm. days of cooking and preparation that go into it the songs that the women sing while they're preparing the food there's a big Mm -hmm. difference okay so no they don't just kill animals indiscriminately that's right they're they're prepared for a feast like when we Mm -hmm. have initiation we have a feast my most recent one, one of the sisters that was brought in, um, came with a feast from Zabar's. Hello. She had, had sable plates, smoked salmon. We had a blast. Special cheeses. We do it easier. Okay. And, yep. and, and from Zabar's. But, and the love and the food and the enjoyment and the magic and the circle and everything was just as powerful as anything else that's done because it's intention. That's my point. Intention okay. is everything. Absolutely. So Absolutely. When I design an altar, even the altar behind me is designed by me. Is it a traditional Buddhist altar? Absolutely not. It is not a traditional Buddhist altar. A traditional mm-hmm. Buddhist altar would have nine cups of water. You know, they do lamps, not tea lights. Mm-hmm. But the intention is there. Therefore, absolutely. It works. It's the intention absolutely. in the mantra or in the chant. Docks and night and shining moon, east and south and west and north. Hawking to the witch's room. Here come I to call you forth by all the powers of land and sea, by all the might of moon and sun, as I do say, so mote it be. That's part of the chance of doing the magic. But the point I'm making is it's the oration. It's the emotion. Your emotion. Emotion. You're emoting. You're putting motion into the word. Motion. Absolutely. Pushing. Absolutely. I love what you say. Uh, I know people that go to church every Sunday and they do the rosary and then someone 
heals better or gets healed? Is it any different than uh, someone praying to the Orisha or someone praying in magic? No. Okay. Yeah. Do, do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. No, it is. It's intention. I totally agree with you, Lady Rhea. I do the same thing when I do my rosaries. They are no less different than when I sit down to do an actual ritual. Okay? Because it is Rose my intention behind Santa it. Marque, who I very greatly worship and work with, has her own set of rosaries. And at the uh, at, yeah. at each station, it's a different prayer. Yeah. Than the Catholic, the general Catholic version. Absolutely, right. absolutely. My girlfriends or with family that when there was a great distress or an illness, you know, absolutely. Some were sick; they put the rosary beads on them. Absolutely. No, I. Totally, totally understand that. It's what I do. You know, the minute someone is ill or sick, I immediately, the first thing I think of is I go and get, I get my rosary because it is that accessible, that fast and quick. The witches, we have our own. We call it the witch's ladder, which is 20 beads amber and 20 beads jet. And the 40 beads are used to count the prayer or the invocation. I mean, do we have our own? Um, yes, we do. And I, I, I just have to say that they all do. They all have something similar. See? Yes. Like, all right, I mentioned Tara earlier in Ireland. So mm -hmm. I'm watching National Geographic many, many years ago. And mm -hmm. they were doing um, a retracing of this Buddhist and monk who they say did travel to Ireland they found stones in Ireland with the Om carved in it in Tara. And they say it was he that named it Tara because of the greenness of the land and the magic. Oh, wow. Interesting. It was how did we get a word like Tara in mm -hmm. Ireland and Tara in Tibet? Exactly. The world is a lot smaller than we really think it is. Exactly. Exactly. It definitely is. So, John Jerome. That, that very fascinating. So, they equated the two and said they have found stones in Tara with Om mm -hmm. carved in the rocks. Mm hmm. Very interesting. No, definitely. John Jerome, did you have any other questions from uh, from our yeah, viewers just, that are tuning? Just, yeah, there's a well, there's a, a question of Sikiva. This is from uh, Jay Sword. Those uh, mm -hmm. okay. it's actually Jay Sword. She says, "What advice or words of wisdom would you give to people to help them get through this difficult time of the pandemic, especially when so many people are suffering?" My first word that came to my mind with her question is called perseverance. We don't know how strong we are until we have no choice but to be strong. Listen, there are a lot of days where I am so tired of this and so disgusted and so, oh, I can't take it anymore. But I don't have a choice, do I? 
There's no None choice. Stay strong, stay positive, stay safe. Um, and also meditation. Um, mm -hmm. When I first learned about meditation, and it was, you know, also mm -hmm. in the magic, because when we perform magic, there is a meditative process of staring into the pentacle. It must be shiny, must be copper, must be mirror-like, and we must be able to stare into it. Or we learn to transfix ourselves into the magic mirror, which is actually a concave glass that's sprayed mm -hmm. on the bump side with black paint. And then when mm -hmm. we look inside, it's like a black pool. It sucks you mm -hmm. in. Um, mm -hmm. Crystal balls, uh, candle flame, fires, sitting mm -hmm. and looking at fire. Mm -hmm. All of these have become meditative processes. And meditation mm -hmm. is a big part of that, is that it gives us a center of focus. Um, mm -hmm. I also believe, like I said, in talking to deity, like a parent, every day, every day. I talk to a lot of them. You know what happens after a while? They say, just give her what she wants and shut her the hell up. Because I'll look at them and say, where are you looking? Hello, this person's got this problem. I spoke to you about it last week. It's not fixed yet. Let's get, come on, let's get with it. They listen. They're like, shut her up. Give her what she wants. <laughs> but don't be rude. Yes, rude. respect. Or, or respect. You, you're whining, forget it. Never, ever, ever, my best advice is do not ever beg the universe. The more you beg, the more it'll say no. Mm -hmm. I, want, I want, I want. No, Command I need, it. I need to pay my bills. Hello. I need to find love. Hello. Then they'll answer mm -hmm. you. You mm -hmm. beg the universe. You got to command it. Definitely. And, you know, Oh, and we've lost the connection again. Yeah, my, my, Monique, could okay. you go upstairs and tell Sandra I'm still on a call? Thank go you. Down. Go uh, thank down. We got to say thank you to Monique tonight. Yes. Yes, thank you, Monique. Thank you, Monique. She's helped us so much tonight. She has. She has. She actually has a real career besides helping me. Uh, uh huh. She's an architect. Oh, very good. Comes up once a week and helps me out. She says, "You know, I nice. have to." Have but all my kids call me Mama. They don't call me Lady Rhea. They all call okay. me Mama. And I answer, <laughs> "Yeah, what? I'm changing my name, and I'm not telling you what it is." <laughs> but, you know, I keep constantly Mama, Mama. Rhea. <laughs> Did you lose my image? Yes. Yes. Yes, okay. we have. I just thought you put that on for uh, a it temporary was, it, it, You were just reason. describing the, the mirror. And the yes. Right. <laughs> it went Monique to the rescue. <laughs> I have no idea. That was like an act of magic. Must be. Because you're... And of all Fridays, Zola picks this Friday to be playful. She keeps throwing her toy at me. 
It's really That's annoying. You. <laughs> Your childlike energy is here and my dog feels it. Yep. Yep. I love that. I love it. There you go. And she's responding to that energy. Look at her. Okay, take it. Good girl. Good puppy. Look. Go. Yeah, she she didn't go that far. Of course, she's, she'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you, Monique. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome, everyone. Hi, Monique. Thank you, Monique. Thank you so much. Hello. You're very welcome. Oh, and here comes my <laughs> child. Come here. Come on. Oh. He wants to be part of the action. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> the it's look of being stunned. They all She's like, what, I why am I, what is it going on? This is my baby. What's going on? Hachi. Hachi? Yeah, Hachiko. Did you ever oh, see that's cute. Hachi with Richard Gere? Get a box no. of tissues. Oh. oh. It's, a, it's, it's two boxes of tissues for that movie. Oh. Love dogs, you'll okay. cry out. So I yeah, know after the dog in the movie in honor of the dog's greatness. No. And the name Hachiko in Japanese means devoted dog. No. This little guy is very devoted, but what dog isn't? Yeah, exactly. Dogs are and like that. The dog, they're very devoted. Yes, they are, and very interactive. Uh, Lydia, there, there's a, there, there are more com questions. I love questions. Yeah, there are more okay. comments, but, but from the comments, I think uh, uh, forming a question, I think there's a general sentiment from a few of our viewers um, uh, about families discouraging the gift, uh, though they themselves, many, like in this case, true. And ironically, some of my family members have similar gifts that I do but they choose to deny it or say that it is evil. What advice would you give young women who have the gift and, and for, you know, in terms of mediumship, but also the gift or the interest in magic and in wake up? What would be your advice, especially if they come in? I mean, you yourself mentioned you were raised in a Catholic household and, oh, yes. and so forth. So, you know, having witnessed firsthand you know, perhaps discrimination and, you know, the looks and the, and the resistance, what would be your uh, advice and, or, you know, for these young women? Same or word, men. appearance. Um, in the charge of the goddess, she says, and let none turn you aside. Those words, when I read, heard the charge of the goddess the first time were very, mm -hmm. um, significant to me because and let none turn you aside and if thou mm -hmm. thinkest of me and thou doesn't find me within thou will never find me without meaning on the outside light so your first um clue here is to recognize the power of the feminine divinity within all That's these things right. really they're hollow just like the Buddha Tara said, they are hollow. What's important is here, 
you could sit and meditate and create your own circle, your own magical world, and just tell your family, I'm just sitting and doing some meditation prayer. I'm praying to Christ for peace. And meanwhile, you say to Christ, excuse me, can you move over? I want to talk to the goddess. That's really, if you are living under that much restriction, that's the only way to do it. And then I also teach a class on tarot magic. Tarot magic is fascinating. Once you learn the tarot, you'll learn that the tarot doesn't only predict, but can create. So let's say you want to do a spell and you don't want anybody mm -hmm. to see. You can lay out a tarot spread. You can lay out three cards. Let's just choose three cards. The, um, the chariot, because mm -hmm. you want to move forward with your magic. Um, mm -hmm. The high priest and the magician. So you put out mm -hmm. those three cards on a table and you could place crystals on top of it. If someone's come in the place or the room or you don't want them to see it, one, two, three, zip, gone, in the drawer, no one knows. Absolutely. If you're living on someone else's roof and you cannot practice openly, then find kindred spirit outside and um, maybe someone Go has their a house. home, have a little gathering in. You don't have to be initiated to be a witch within here and here in your heart and your mind. Mm -hmm. It's what's within you. Nothing can Absolutely. stop it. No. Until you get to the point where you can be free enough to go out and find. I mean, there are a lot of closet witches, teachers, lawyers, doctors, all kinds of professions. They don't walk mm -hmm. around wearing pointed hats saying, hi, I'm a witch. They didn't no. choose to get their profession. I did. But it's not for Absolutely. everyone. I know a lot yeah. of witches are quiet. They're in the broom closet, so to speak. Um, and they have varied professions. Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, they have to keep it quiet. I came out of the closet in 1975. Uh, Good for you. Yeah, I was interviewed by Pia Lindstrom, uh, Channel mm -hmm. 7 News, and the back of the magical child. Oh. I called said, come in, I, have, I need someone to do a public interview. I did the public interview that night, my mother was screaming. Oh my God, you had to go on television with this. All my family knows, the neighbors know, you're crazy. And I said, mom, it's, you love me, it's who I am. You know, yeah. and she didn't, never did, mm -mm. Oh. never liked. But, you know, once you turn a certain age and you're living on your own and you're paying your own rent and your own bills, it's kind mm -hmm. of hard to be what to do unless you allow it. But like I said, there are people who uh, um, live in the proverbial broom closet because they can't risk their jobs. This is why... For those of mm -hmm. us who come, can come out and be public about it, we're here for them. That's okay. right. The more people get used to the fact that we're not wicked, we're not killing anything, we're not killing anybody, Absolutely. we're not harming anybody, um, the easier eventually it becomes for people like this to come out.
And um, absolutely, you know, my daughter was working in an office in the beginning of her uh, out of college, and she noticed this woman had uh, the office manager had a, a tiny pentagram tattooed on her ankle. So she looks at it and she said, oh, are you pagan? And the office manager got like, well, you know, I follow Wicca. And she said, oh, I know what that is. My mother's a high priestess. She said, really? She says, yeah, my mother's Lady Rhea. Your Lady Rhea's daughter? She said, I'm sorry I said anything. Because after that, how's your mother? What's she like? What's she really like? I'm never telling another person. <laughs> but she, she had she had the strength to have a tiny pentagram pentacle actually tattooed on her ankle and if she wasn't wearing a dress and stockings that day she may have may have never been noticed right anybody else might have just thought it was a star art tattoo but my daughter of course knew what it was so people come out in various ways. But I think no. a witch is born in the heart. I think so, too. I totally agree with you, Lady Rhea. It's in your heart. I totally, and you know I totally you do. You don't have to be public about it like I chose to be. It's hard. Listen, this was a very pioneer position to come out and do this. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. No. I'm smoking a lot tonight. That's okay. You're allowed. You're at home, right? Totally. Yeah, I've had three cigarettes already. Oh, my God. It's a lot for me. Oh, my goodness but gracious. Okay. The more I talk about the craft, the more the cigarettes get lit. <laughs> Definitely. So I'm going to... People that don't smoke and you smoke and you got to cut out a circle and go smoke in another room, come back in. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Years ago, I remember those days. I remember those days. Um, I wanted to talk about, um, now, you do workshops. You had mentioned you also, you know, teach people. Do you oh. have upcoming, um, do you have upcoming um, workshops? Because I yeah. noticed, you know, I'm your Facebook friend, so I've noticed that you had posted a few of those, right? And how do people get in touch with you if they want to do some of these workshops? Well, um, the most mostly on Facebook um, or Instagram. I'm on Instagram under Lady Rhea Enchanted. Um, I don't post them on my webpage. That's mostly just for business, for ordering candles. I'm on Facebook, but right now, October 22nd, I'm actually going to be doing a series of um, live rituals with um, a cult master class. TJ Vansel and his wife, Amanda, will be hosting me once a month. Uh, October 22nd, I'm doing a live Santa Muerte ritual for love, for money, and protection. I'm crossing November 14th. I'm doing a live Diwali ritual, which is not, I'm going to wow. say it again, not a traditional Hindu Diwali, but right. a Diwali is a devotion to her. I'm not a Hindi. Mm -hmm. And so, 
you know, the Hindus get mad when they hear this. Traditional Hindu women have said to me, you're not Hindu. And I said, she don't care. <laughs> she don't. She loves it. She responds. She's been responding to me since 82. Um, uh -huh. And for me, clients, because they like the, the, the attention, the prayer, and they love they love people. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. they don't have about, oh, well, you're not my culture, so I'm not going to honor you, but you could honor mm -hmm. me. It doesn't work like that. They love mm -hmm. humanity. They love people, and they love the honor, and they like to answer prayer. So I, I will be doing that. And then for you, I'm actually going to be doing a, a Yule Herbal um, creation, teaching everyone how to enchant an herbal bath for Yule and teaching them how to actually make them for Yule gifts because it's a gift-giving time. And then in January, I'm going to be doing another Santa Muerte for the New Year because, let's face it, New Year's has always been represented as Santa Muerte. We are ah, always called it did not know time, but the actual image is Santa Muerte. Um, it's oh. the old year dying and the new year baby born. So I will be doing that. February, I'm going to be doing um, a love ritual. Uh, March, I'm going to be doing ritual with in Wicca for renewal of spring. So every month, I'm going yeah. to be doing yeah. live ritual. I also do free um, FaceTime, uh, not FaceTime, Facebook Live. I did a That's series right. of Tara and Lakshmi uh, rituals. And then I got too busy and couldn't do it anymore mm -hmm. because the, um, mm -hmm. as the uh, pandemic has increased and the amount of workload has increased mm -hmm. because I can't see customers in person. So I'm like always on no, the phone. Nobody can. All hours. And who wants a curbside pickup of a candle? Who wants their candle shipped because they won't, we, we're not being in physical contact? So it, it does mm -hmm. take up more time this way. But I it do does. intend to come back on Facebook Live and continue the um, Tara healing practices. Um, there are mm -hmm. 21 Taras. And I think it's either the 19th or the 20th invocation to the ta that Tara, which is mm -hmm. yellow red, is actually for the eradication of uh, plagues. Mm -hmm. So okay. I, I love that. And so they well, can find me on Facebook under Rhea, R-H-E-A, Rivera, or uh, Enchanted by uh, Lady Rhea's a Facebook group. Um, I think a couple of people have already done that. I'm I'm very open. This phone number that's why it rings all day. Um, they can text me on my phone, and I do answer. I do answer people. Nice. They don't give their name. My first thing is, who is this, please? You know, oh, by yeah. talking. To um, <laughs> you know, I respond. I respond yeah. as much as I can. Uh, if something is out of my that's league, great. I tell them this is not my league. Right. You know. That's great. That's you know, wonderful. That, I think that's what I really, really took to you, Lady Rhea. When I contacted you, it was your authenticity, your down-to-earth, being able to talk to you just 
as I could talk to anybody. And I so appreciate that. You know, I really, truly do. And I think people can see that. And it, it you've really come across that way on our show, definitely. And I know we've had a few people, um, I'm getting private messages here, pinging, pinging, right? And it's like, I'm totally geeking out. I'm loving this. And all these comments, I'm like, okay, guys, you're distracting me. <laughs> Claire is saying, cool, Malvin, going to follow Lady Rhea also. So we've, we've <laughs> Lady Rhea, you've got a following here. I have a public page, Lady Rhea, on Facebook. They can find me there and, and write to me. I answer people on Facebook under the Lady nice. Rhea fan page. Um, people message me all the time. I answer them. I answer everybody, awesome. you know, as much as I can. But I, that's why I said it's like, it's like speaking to deity. You have to be just upfront and honest with deity and tell them, look, this is what I need. And if they don't answer after a while, I tell them, where are you looking? Hello. Okay. <laughs> Let's get it with it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not being expressive to deity, but in circle, circle is a mm -hmm. completely different thing. I, Absolutely. I, I, God's like that in circle at all, because now I've actually invited them. Because that's what a circle is. A circle is a magical space we create that's sanctified, that's cleansed, purified. For the gods to descend, and you feel that's right. Descend, boy, let me tell you. And then yep. I'm very. And it takes <laughs> practice. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm just going to ask John Jerome if there are any other people to to um, wanting to know, asking questions, or any comments. Nope. I've noticed that Facebook, you you've put a couple of them through and it just says Facebook user. Is there a yeah. reason why their names aren't coming up? Uh, because of a security feature in one of the groups because they're they're actually commenting from an inside the Ancestral Eyes group, which I'm brought oh. at one of the eight locations I'm live uh, simulcasting. And right. so that the group is blocking their identity. Uh, it's a security oh. feature of the person when they, you know, they have to allow StreamYard to basically uh, reveal their identity from inside the group. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if they were if they were viewing privately, you know, from their That's own, right. um, they, exactly. their name would come up. Just like Melvin here. Yay, exactly. Melvin. Melvin says, following on Facebook as well now, I'm just blown away by Lady Rhea. Her knowledge and magnetism is out of this world. I couldn't agree with you more than that, Melvin. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. You so much, Melvin. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much. No. I want to everybody for all the, the glitches we have. I am known as the least technological witch in the universe. <laughs> when I hear I'm going to do anything like this, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. I've got to have help. So I apologize for the technological glitches we had this evening with my phone, with my moving. Mm -hmm. But oh, lady, I'm human. Lady Ria, I totally get it. Why do you think I have John Jerome? I am like clueless when it comes to technology. <laughs> we love you. The feeling is very mutual. And to I you, also, definitely. I will be on WitchCon with Hex um, Christian Day 
I'm part of the WitchCon coming this March. He's done a beautiful job. Starian Ravenhawk, Wicked Family Temple, uh, Witchfest USA. I'll be in um, a Festival of Witches with Crystal Madison this, and um, Ed Massey, the Poconos. I'm going to be in that um, podcast also. Because mm-hmm. everyone has to do everything virtual. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. If anybody's interested, there's a, a YouTube video for the Witch Pride Parade. And it's um, about an hour long. And it's about 65 witches from around the world. And it's excellent. One minute each came on and spoke yeah. about their pride in being witches. Yeah, it was an excellent nice. video. Very well done. I watched the yeah. whole thing. It was very, very well yeah, done. She's, she's fabulous. She also did great things. She did the Witches of New York uh, portraits. She did all of ah. our portraits. And it's a gallery showing. Um, so there's a lot of activity out there if people are interested in it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they can find us. It's all out there. And there's so much I can't remember it nope. all to everyone. But I will be with Crystal Madison. Nope. I will be with uh, the Poconos, um, Ed Massey. Oh. They do a great show. Uh, the Solwit, Alexander Cabot. Um, you know, it's, uh-huh. uh, miss having our salon. Every year we have a witch's ball in New York, starring and Raven. I know. I know. We're not I know. Oh, I know. How sad. But I, I, you know, it's funny. I do know about the witch's ball. And I always thought, oh, wow, one big, huge party in New York. How amazing is that, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Ashley Cruz um, was a big performer last year. And she was part of Witch Pride. And she wrote this beautiful song called Blessed Be. And um, she released the video recently oh. with Alexander Cabot. It's absolutely gorgeous. You got to see Ashley Cruz and Alexander Cabot in the Blessed Be video. It's fabulous. Nice. Uh, the Temple of Hecate has virtual every Monday night uh, healing ritual. You can join in, uh, contact the Temple of Hecate, T-O-H, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. She's fabulous, Lori Bizarro. She's also the acting high priestess presently for the New York Coven of Witches mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. mother now, a mother witch, and I oversee it. But I'm more working with just the Minoan sisterhood because women really need to be um, united and upheld right now. They're, they're, we're, and we're empowered. Facing, yeah, we're facing a bad time. We're sliding backwards. Yes, we are. And... Uh, I gotta say, Kamala Harris, boy, she was fantastic the other night. I know, I know. I'm rooting for her. I truly, truly am. We're we're all rooting for them. Yeah. Because we need progress and change, not going back into a divided country. This is this is awful, you know. No. And it's no. Money, politics. It's about the division between the people. You mm-hmm. know. In 1942, when the war broke out, there were men that fought to get into the army, whether they passed the physical or not, because it was all about being united. And now we are so divided. Even the Vietnam Mm -hmm. War was very divided, you know, 
I, I protested the Vietnam War of my era. You know, we didn't mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. It was a perp- It had no purpose. No, no, it wasn't. But so I don't like we're going to. So we're going to wrap it up. We've gone over the two hour mark. And I know I don't want to keep you, Lady Rhea, uh, you know, and and our guests. I know they're thrilled to bits about tuning in. We're we're seeing everybody's remarks. Thank you. Yeah. There's uh, Vianne, Anka. Uh, Ken, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Carmela, uh, those comments saying it's an excellent show are from those. Even uh, all the- thank you for your patience, everyone that tuned in tonight or will see the future oh, podcast. No. We thank you. Thank you for your patience with the glitches. Well, thank you oh, very much. No, it's been thank an you. honor and a pleasure to have you with us. And now you know you've got Canadian mm-hmm. friends and family. You ever I, need my, I have Cabot's uh, there, Utu Witch yeah. Doctor, and the, um, the Dragon well, Utu? Your friend. Melissa, yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah. Melissa as well. Melissa yeah. Cabot, yeah. Van Leeuwen as well. Yeah, yeah. we got a bunch of them up here. <laughs> They're beautiful. So, I love all the Cabot witches. I, I haven't met a Cabot witch I didn't absolutely love. She has a power of attracting really great people, you know, and that, doesn't that's, a good, that's a very and, good, and that's a testament to her. Definitely for sure. So Jean Jerome, is there anything else that we need to uh, cover off or, or, no. Oh yes. A, a quote. quote, a quote, a quote by lady Ria, lady Ria. What is your quote? I wrote it down, but, All and it's happy. I love the simplicity of that. Then they're not attacking one another. May my enemies be happy. This way they leave me alone. One final thing I do want to say, and I'm quoting from the Enchanted Candle, and I want everyone to really remember what I'm going to tell them. The brain is fertile soil and words are seeds. And they take root. Be careful how you treat your garden. If you put negative words in your mind all the time and you don't learn to weed it out, you grow negative attractions in your life. So in remembering may all be happy is also what we're planting in our fertile soil. That's wonderful. I love that. I love you all. Blessed be. Blessed be, Lady Rhea. Thank you ever so much for coming on our show. It was our pleasure and our honor. I know you're going to have my fabulous brother, Alexander Cabot. He is a joy. A joy. And I hope you get Lori Bizarro on, too. You absolutely fall in love with her. She's such a powerful priestess and... Uh, temple of Hecate and a warrior. She's she's got a warrior spirit in her. She's just one of a kind of a beauty. They're all different, you know. Uh, I'm the Buddhist. He's the Cabot. She's the warrior. But we all come together as one family, all of us here, and work 
our magics together by recognizing our different strengths. And that's the way it should be. That's you need you need that in order to absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, well thank you again for having me. Thank you. Both keep you all safe, everyone out thank there. You. My love to all. May all be happy. And I'm gonna say hail and farewell. Blessed be. Blessed be. Hail and farewell. Everybody. Thank you so much, everybody Lady Ria. Many blessings, everybody tuning in. Be safe in Canada for yeah. those Canadians watching. This is our Thanksgiving. So have a safe and blessed uh, Thanksgiving as Lady Ria. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and, thank, uh, you. And, and thank you. Thank you. And as Lady Ria said, Thanksgiving should be, especially when we're in these in the if you're in the craft or if you're in Ifan or Risha, Thanksgiving should be a daily occurrence. Always give thanks for the blessings that we receive on a daily basis. So many blessings to everyone. Be Absolutely. safe. And uh, Absolutely. we will see each other next week with our next guest, Alexander Cabot. Oh my goddess, what a blessing that's gonna be. You everyone I'm I know encourage you if you if if tune in and tell your friends about it he's absolutely a charmer magical being he's like my other eddie i absolutely love him I, and i, I love I've it he's been a great I love part it. of my life and i'm grateful for nice him. Grateful for you folks tonight. Thank, Thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I just want to quickly say uh, thank you uh, here. I would be remiss without recognizing our two of our <laughs> most, uh, uh, loyal viewers. Uh, Mojo. This is like <laughs> the 10th episode or something that Mojo, our, our furry audience, <laughs> Uh, Beth's cat Mojo watching oh, the show. Mojo. And, and his little sister Titi Laie gets on, on the action and watches our show uh, <laughs> religiously. So, for our familiar, our uh, furry familiar, many blessings. Absolutely. Thank you, Lady Ria. Good night, dog. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for Good tuning night. in. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Be safe. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. All right. Okay. Good night, folks.